Bibles and let's go back to the book of 2 Timothy and possibly just maybe we might finish this book tonight uh, but let me tell you uh, we had a good year at camp we had a lot of fun I think those that went uh, enjoyed themselves and were blessed spiritually as well as physically and uh, if it's okay with the church, I'd like for us to try to do, well, to, to institute that policy that we did this year is we let our children earn their trip to camp by being in church every Sunday, by doing their Bible reading, by being at the youth meetings. And uh, I think we had a much more prepared group of teens for God to do work in their hearts. And uh, so uh, it, was a, it was a good time. For, for all of them, and we do support Brother Crone and the Common Ground Baptist Camp. That's one of our missionaries. If you remember, they were here last year for our missions conference. I am not sure what the total number of children are in the summer, but I know that it's very close to a 1,000 children come through the camp in a summer. And uh, they have about uh, six weeks of camp and... Uh, three weeks of junior camp, or two weeks of junior camp and three weeks of teen camp, something like that, five or six weeks. And, uh, and uh, it, is, it is really, really a good testimony there. Let's take our Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we got down to verse 6. Paul is giving Timothy his final charge. He, he is telling... Timothy, that he needs to be a preacher of the word. He needs to be there in season, out of season. He's got much to do as a preacher. Verse 5, watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Now in verse 6, he changes direction just a little bit, and this is where we're going to jump in tonight. He gives his personal testimony, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Now here's what Paul is saying. He says, I am ready to be offered. He said, the time of my departure, the time of my leaving this physical life is very close. He was in the dungeon in Rome. He no longer had his freedom, nor did he have any hope that he would regain his freedom as he did uh, that was recorded in the book of Acts. He spent two years in a hired house. As far as we can understand, he was released. He went to uh, Spain. We know he may have even gone to the island of Great Britain preaching the gospel. Sometime shortly thereafter, as he made another trip that may have been two or three years, he was arrested again. Only this time, he was not afforded the regular trials and all of the things that he had been when he was arrested in Jerusalem. 
Paul was going to die, and he knew it. And he is telling Timothy, my life is over. He said, but I fought a good fight. I'll tell you, when gets time, many, many times we do not have the opportunity to know when we are going to pass from this life into the next. But Paul knew it was just going to be months. It was not going to be a long period of time. But he says, as I look back on my service for Christ, he said, I fought a good fight. He said, I have kept the faith. He said, I finished my course. Now, talk about a testimony. He said, I have accomplished what God wanted me to accomplish in my life. Now, I would dare say that most of us in this room, and because we're not facing death, this is not the exact same thing, but I would say that most of us here would say, there are some more things I want to get done for the Lord before he takes me home. Amen? Paul said, listen, I finished my course. He says, as I look back on my service for Christ, I didn't, as we might say in a military sense, he said, I didn't drop the flag. He said, I kept the faith. I stayed true to my service and because I served the Lord, he said, there is a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Now, we're not going to take time to go into the whole thing here, but you look in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 4 and 5, we get a little view into heaven. We have the 24 elders that are around the throne. The simplest understanding of the 24 elders is Old Testament saints, 12 tribes of Israel. New Testament saints, the 12 apostles of the Lamb. They were together there before the throne of God because Old Testament God, same guy as New Testament God. Amen? He does not change. But as they worshipped him in heaven, those four mighty beasts cried out, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And they cast their crowns at his feet. If we understand the Bible correctly, not everybody there is going to have a crown. This is what Paul's saying. Read Acts, I mean, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It says that our works are going to be judged by fire. It says there's going to be some that are saved so as by fire, they're not going to have any reward, not a crown to cast at his feet. If we could look to that day, I'll tell you what, it would change the way we live right now, don't you think? We'd not, I don't want to be there with empty hands, do you? That's why we need to serve the Lord. Paul had confidence that when he appeared before God, there were things done in his life that was going to count for God. And by the way, some people get the idea that, oh yeah, that Paul was a preacher, Timothy's a... This is verses to preachers. No, this verse is to Christians, my friend. Let me tell you, there's going to be some preachers way at the back of the line. As some 
unheard of, unsung hero that just served God with their whole life. Every one of us need to get a hold of that. Because Paul says, The Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. He said, Timothy, there's a reward for you to earn. Salvation, I am so glad that you cannot earn your salvation. Salvation is a free gift that God's love and mercy bestows on all who will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But God expects you to invest that life he gives you to count for eternity. Now when you get to the end of your life, are you going to be able to say with the Apostle Paul, I fought a good fight, I finished my course, I kept the faith. There's only one way you're going to be able to do that. Let's get a hold of what God wants you to do today. Finding God's will for your life is not a complex thing. You do it today, you have a pretty good chance of doing it tomorrow. You know how tomorrow has this strange way of becoming today when it gets here? All you have is today. Don't put off your service for Christ. Serve Him today. And so this is Paul's testimony. And what a testimony it was. Paul spent the first part of his life, his adult life, fighting against the Christians. Confounding them in the trial by the Sanhedrin. Confusing them so that they didn't even know what they were saying. He said he compelled them to blaspheme. When they were put to death, he gave his testimony to make sure that they got the fullest punishment that the Sanhedrin could meet out. Then he met Jesus on the way to Damascus. And from that point to this point, he gave his life wholeheartedly to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul, who had actually, before he became the Apostle Paul, had actually caused Christians to lose their life for the cause of Christ was now saying, I am expecting a crown of righteousness from the God of heaven. Only God could do that. Amen? Now, from verse 9 to verse 22, the end of the book, we have a lot of information. And it is amazing. I just decided to check a few commentaries and you know what I found out? It was storybook time. I mean, people were making up all kinds of things, trying to figure out what was going on, trying to tell us who these different people were. Uh, the simple truth of the matter is we don't know most of these people that are listed here. We don't know what they've done, how they got here, except their names are here. Now look at verse 9. Paul is writing Timothy. He says, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. He says, Timothy, I want to see you before I die. Now, that just speaks of Paul's emotion and his love and concern for young Timothy. And Timothy probably wasn't so young at this point. He was certainly 
way past a teenager. He had already pastored the church at Ephesus. He was probably in his 30s, maybe even his early 40s. But Paul, he was at the end of his line. And so he says, I want you to do your diligence to come shortly. Now look at what he says in verse 10. He says, for Demeth, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica. Now we see this guy named Demas. He shows up two other places. And one place it says, and Demas. And another place it says, Demas saluteth you. Uh, Demas was one of those guys that had gotten in in the service of the Apostle Paul, and as Paul was writing his letter, Demas said, put my name in there. And Paul did. But here we have him putting Demas's name in for a completely different reason. He said, Demas was along to help me, and now he deserted me. That's not a good testimony. He said he loved this present world more than he did to service for Christ. Now, what did Paul just get done talking about? That's it. What did Paul just get done saying? He said, listen, there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me and for all those that love his appearing. He said, but Demas has forsaken me. Let me tell you, don't, don't let that be said about you. Amen? Be there. Then he says, Crescens to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Now we know that these were uh, apparently servants of Paul and they were not uh, going against and, and forsaking Paul, but there was other business to do. Paul no longer had his freedom. If no one came to see Paul, Paul was by himself in this dungeon here. And it says, only Luke is with me. Now, some of the most tender words in all the scriptures in verse 11, it says, Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Now, how many of you remember the story of Mark? They had finished their first journey. As they departed, Paul and Barnabas had departed on their first journey. Paul said, listen, I'm taking my nephew with me. His name is Mark. By the way, he's the guy that wrote the gospel of Mark in the Bible, as far as we can tell. And as they got started, we don't know why. Maybe he got homesick. Maybe he had some reason, but John Mark left. He quit. He went home. He did not go with them to the work. So when they started their second missionary journey there in Acts chapter 15, Barnabas says, listen, we need to take Mark with us again. Paul said, no, we don't. I'm not taking any quitters with me. And it says that the contention was so sharp, the greatest missionary team in all of history split. Paul took Silas. Barnabas took Mark. Now, it's not good to have testimony of being a quitter, is it? But here at the end of Paul's life, he's telling Timothy, you bring Mark with you too. He's profitable for the ministry. Let me tell you, 
Paul was saying, I'm sorry for the way I did things back then. He's saying, I, I want Mark to know that I am for him in the ministry. And what a good testimony. It says, he is profitable for me. And then he says, Antichicus, have I sent to Ephesus? Now remember, 1 Timothy, who had been sent to Ephesus? Timothy. And so Paul is just filling Timothy in on what is going on. He says, Tychicus is now at Ephesus. He's taking care of the church there. And, and Timothy had been in several different places. And then, boy, I'll tell you what, it was almost funny to read here. It says, the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee. And the books, but especially the parchments. Now, let me tell you something. We do not know why or how or when Paul left this cloak at Troas. More than likely, this happened after the history of the book of Acts. Paul had been set free. He had done his traveling to Spain. And, and uh, tradition tells us that the... Uh, Welsh Baptist in the island of Wales, Wales there, right off the English mainland. Not the island of Wales. Wales is not an island, but it's an extension off the English uh, island there that they claim the Apostle Paul came and started a church there. And that their history has continued unbroken. Well, here's the only problem. Uh, if you were to find a Welsh Baptist church... They no longer do what the Apostle Paul in the Bible said because people change. God's word doesn't. Amen? But somewhere in there, Paul had left the cloak. And I even read where they were trying to figure out what was in the books and what was in the parchments. You know what? We don't know what they were, but I will tell you this. Paul was in the dungeon. It was cold, it was dark, it was not pleasant. Uh, damp, cold is not good for your arthritis when you get old, now is it? Do you think that's why Paul wanted the cloak? I'll bet you it was. Why did he want the books and parchments? I think it was just simply this. Paul was going to keep working until the day he died. Amen? Let's not read into the scripture some incredible thing. Let's just, hey, that's what Paul was. Paul had work to do. He wanted the parchments. He wanted the books because he had work to do. He was going to keep serving Christ until the last day of his life. And then he warns Timothy here in verse the next several verses. He says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. Who is Alexander the coppersmith? He is Alexander the coppersmith. Where did he live? Apparently, somewhere on Timothy's path from Troas to Rome, 
he was going to have the opportunity or the chance of running into this guy. And Paul said, listen, he caused me a lot of trouble. He did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou ware also. For he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Now, Paul described his encounter with this Alexander as being delivered by God's power out of the mouth of the lion. That sounds pretty serious now, doesn't it? And he says, Timothy, you watch this guy. Just like he tried to destroy me, he's going to try to destroy you. And that would tell us just one thing, that this Alexander man was a very religious man. That's where Paul's main battles were. And we don't even know. It, it's possible that this Alexander guy could have even tried to be a leader or a pastor in one of the early churches and caused a lot of these problems that Paul was writing about to straighten out. It says that when Paul stood and answered this Alexander guy that all the other Christians were afraid to stand with Paul. Now there's two things we can get with that. Number one, opposition to the truth is a fearful thing. Number two, trust the Lord to deliver you, not in other human beings. Paul said, the Lord stood with me. And let me tell you, God will always be with those that serve him. And it doesn't matter where you are. And our students at Bible college will tell you this. If you're going to serve God, you're going to do so by yourself. You're going to have lots of friends, but when it comes time to take a stand, it's not going to be friendly. A lot of people are going to chicken out. Don't you be one of those. Verse 18. Now remember where Paul's writing from. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. Now where was Paul? He was in the dungeon. He was awaiting his execution he said, the Lord's still going to deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I'll tell you what. I just have to admire the apostles' encouragement and attitude even in the prison. Amen. We're, what we're getting here in these last few verses is one of the closest personal looks into the life and heart of this man called the Apostle Paul. He was able to look at his surroundings and ask Timothy to bring him a cloak so he would be more comfortable in the prison. He said, I want the books and the parchments, and as far as we know, Paul would do no more writing. This was his last book. 
but it wasn't in Paul's mind because he still had work to do. And he was going to keep at it till the day that Jesus took him. And he said, no matter what happens in this life, God is going to preserve me and one of these days soon I'm going to stand before him in heaven. He said, salute Pris uh, Prisca. Now don't get that mixed up with Priscilla and Aquila. He said, salute Prisca and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at my leadum sick. Now again, these are people that Timothy's going to run into or have the opportunity to see in his travels to Rome to where Paul is. Verse 21, do thy diligence to come before winter. Eubulus greeteth thee, and Pudens, and Linus, and Claudia, and all the brethren. Now this listing of this man called Linus is one thing worth note, is because historically we believe that Linus was one of the pastors of the church at Rome. Paul, even though he was in prison, had contact with God's church and kept encouraging the brethren right until the very end. Paul ends his letter by saying, The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. By the way, if the Lord is strengthening your spirit, he'll take care of the rest of you too now on. Grace be with you. Amen. Now when we do the book of Titus, which we're in line to go through here next, we're actually going to be going back in time to right around the book of 1 Timothy. But this book of 2 Timothy here is Paul's last words. And he is telling us, you just keep being faithful. He said, here I am at the end of my life. I've been faithful. I've served the Lord. I'm looking forward to meeting Christ face to face. Tell you what, that's what I want my testimony to be when I meet Jesus. And I see a lot of heads going up and down saying, that's what I want mine to be too. Well, it's real simple. Serve the Lord today. That's how Paul got there. One day at a time. Don't wait till you become an adult to serve the Lord. Don't wait until you get this straightened out or that straightened out. Just get obedient where you are right now. That's how you end up being faithful like the Apostle Paul. As he was laying there in the dust of the road to Damascus, Question number one, who art thou, Lord? I know you're God, I just want to know your name because I'm afraid of what it might be. And Jesus said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. And then he said, what wilt thou have me do, Lord? And that's how Paul lived his life. That's what made him such a great preacher. And that's what we need to do to serve the Lord.
Long list of names here, and we've hurried over them. But I don't want to get into conjecture. I don't want to make up stories. Because the Bible is full of everything that we need. Paul was a human being, amen? He was looking at the coming winter in his prison cell. And he's saying, Timothy, if you care at all about me, bring that cloak. Bring the books so I have something to do. But especially the parchments. Because I'm going to keep working until God takes me home. What a testimony from a man of God. And all God's people said. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this letter here that you wrote to Timothy through the Apostle Paul. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to take heed to the words that are herein. Lord, we ask for your direction and your blessing that we may be faithful until you choose to take us home. In Jesus' name we pray. Before we finish that prayer, if you just need to come and take a few moments and pray, the altar is open. We won't be long tonight, but we want to give that opportunity to come and pray, and then we'll get into our prayer time.